So we had this five-point lead over Man United with, as mentioned just now, the, the important caveat that they had a game in hand on us. But my focus had to change because next up was the return of the Champions League. Uh, that's right, we were back into European action. And we're in European action against a big Bundesliga side, Borussia Dortmund. Now, Dortmund actually won the uh, Champions League back in 1997. So we're going back away here. They were runners-up to their biggest rivals, Bayern Munich, of all teams in 2013. And in the game, they were runners-up again uh, in 2022. They won the Bundesliga in 2028. So it was a case of the reigning champions of England versus the reigning champions of Germany. In the process, by the way, Dortmund actually broke a run of 15 consecutive titles for Bayern Munich, which, well, it must have felt good to finally break that, given, given what that must have looked like from Dortmund's point of view. There must have been agony to watch Bayern dominate like that. So we were away from home in the first leg, which some circles will tell you this is actually better. They will say that there's some kind of psychological advantage. If you've got home advantage for the second leg, which can be often very decisive, apparently that's better. Is it better? Not necessarily. Uh, there are plenty of examples of teams playing the home leg first and going on to win overall. So it's, it's definitely psychological. There is no tangible, obvious, measurable benefit to playing the away leg first. Anyway, uh, the game itself finished in a 3-0 draw. We took an early lead, went 3-1 down, and then clawed our way back in. So it was definitely a tense, tight game. We had three away goals, but equally, what we knew, we knew we could score against Dortmund, but we also knew that Dortmund could score against us. So could we, could we go into the home leg with confidence? Well, I didn't know. Uh, at that point, after what I'd seen, I knew it was going to be tough. But after that, we had to quickly then return to Premier League action with the games starting to come thick and fast. A home game against Leicester, who were struggling actually. They were in the relegation zone and looking quite poor. We ended up winning 5-2, but it should have been 5-0. We let in two late goals, and in fact, Leicester had a third late goal disallowed. As far as I was concerned, we had a kind of Jekyll and Hyde moment there, uh, particularly late into the game. We should have been a lot better than we were, uh, in my view, late on. But still, 5-2 is not a bad result in anybody's book. Another three points. We were carrying on moving forward. And possibly as a result of that win, at the end of February, Williams got both Player of the Month and Young Player of the Month for his efforts. And I got Manager of the Month again, which is always quite nice. We followed up with a 4 0 away win against West Ham, uh, with new boy Sefian Kadas scoring his first two goals in a very good overall performance for the team. From there, we hosted Burnley, and we only managed to win 1 0 here. We were huffing and puffing a lot, and it took a moment of magic from Williams to unlock them. Still, a win was a win, but I had to be concerned were we getting tired? Were the team looking a bit jaded? I didn't really need that. Not at the not as we began to approach the business end of the season. From there, we returned to Champions League duty. 
And uh, although we had an away goals advantage, we had to be careful. We had to be careful. I knew Dortmund could score, and they did. Twice, actually, they took the lead. However, a Ramon hat-trick gave us a 6-5 aggregate win. It was, a well, it's the kind of game that if you're watching it, you're just going to be glued to it because it was end-to-end stuff. Both teams clearly wanted to win. Uh, in the end, we had the, whether it was more desire, whether it was just slightly more ability, I don't know, but leads were through to the quarterfinals. I'd asked the players to give themselves, uh, to give a good account of themselves in the Champions League. And I would argue that knocking out the reigning German champions to reach the quarterfinals in their first season in the Champions League since 2001, I would say that was giving a good account of themselves. But then we had to go back to routine, regular, uh, sort of, how can I put it, bread and butter action, uh, shall we say, in the Premier League. Whilst awaiting for the game against Norwich, however, we did learn our Champions League fate for the quarterfinals, and we'd be playing Manchester City, with the first leg being away from home. And victory in that would see us face either AC Milan or Liverpool in the semi-finals. Now, back to Norwich, and this was a team that repeatedly in the past had frustrated me, and this occasion was no different. They actually ended up going 2-0 up, and although we pegged them back to 2-all, we were dominating this game, but for some reason Norwich often seemed to be a foil for me, and I just could not beat them. Ended up drawing 2-2. We didn't lose, but it was one of those frustrating games where nothing that we did seemed to actually work to give us a win. We had to shake that off pretty quickly, because no sooner had we played that game than it moved back into Champions League duty, as mentioned, against Man City. And although we'd had two great wins over them in the Premier League, the Champions League brings out a different kind of performance. I couldn't expect to, to crush them. Mind you, I hadn't expected to crush them before. But in the end, uh, we didn't crush them. We ended up winning 1-0. Uh, Sefian gave us with a wonderful ball over the top of the city defence to Williams, uh, who showed, as usual, a very good first touch and then a nice little chip over their keeper. Williams does seem to like a kind of like sort of dinked, chipped goal, does it quite a lot. Uh, and uh, he seems to relish those one-on-one occasions and he delivered again here. So 1-0 was, uh, was good. I couldn't argue. You know, we, we took a victory from the away leg going into the home leg. But then we had to once again turn our attention back to the, champ- uh, to the Premier League. This is the point in the season where your focus tends to be having to be split in half almost. And we had a big game in the Premier League. We were away against Chelsea. Now, we'd crushed Chelsea 6-1 at Ellen Road. And if I'd been the Chelsea boss, I would be hungry for revenge. I would be demanding some kind of a response from my players. And... Chelsea did respond. We actually took a two-goal lead, but Chelsea did claw the way back in to level the score until uh, Almada came on as a substitute and gave us a win late on, which we maybe didn't necessarily deserve, but I would take it. With Liverpool beating Man City at Old Trafford, we now had an outright five-point lead in the title race, although I wasn't thinking about that too much. I had to go into the Champions League against Man City for the second leg. City had warmed up for this by losing 2-0 away to Everton. 
but that could only make them possibly angry for all I knew. The game was quite cagey, quite tense, and City were better and sharper than they'd been in our previous games. However, good goalkeeping from Lijakovic and a general lack of quality, it has to be said, from either strike force. So something very, very unusual happened in my time so far uh, playing Football Manager 21. We had a nil-nil draw, which was very, very unusual. I hadn't seen many of those before. Back to the Premier League, and we took a comfortable win over Aston Villa at home, 3-0. Uh, but then, in preparation for our next game against Everton, uh, I lost my Scottish midfielder, Irwin, to a fairly me, lengthy injury. Uh, and then Ramon as well, which was disappointing. Two, uh, two very good players in my book both lost at a point when we were reaching the crunch stage of both the Champions League and Premier League campaigns. We had the cover. I had a midfielder by the name of Kenny Martin, uh, who's come through the youth team. In my view, a very good, or the potential to be a very good midfielder. And uh, he was rated highly by the, by, the, by the team, by the coaching staff, as being the next big thing. He would have a chance to start a few games. Ryan Brewster would start alongside his former Palace colleague, Williams, against Everton. Uh, and we took, in the end, a 1-0 win in a somewhat nervy game. Uh, Almada with a wonderful long-range strike. Something he's got in his locker uh, to give us a massive, massive victory uh, at a crucial point in the season. We then went to Anfield for the first leg of our Champions League tie. We ended up meeting Liverpool 3-2, thanks to a late goal from Sturgio and Williams and Towers Magno also got on the score sheet. But we'd been 2-0 up at one stage, so we'd let that slip somewhat. But still, 3-2 in the away leg, you would like to believe that person to a good stead in preparation for the home leg. But then we had to travel to London, we had to travel to the Emirates Stadium to face Arsenal in a game that could actually potentially see us win the title. Going into the game, we had four games to go. Uh, therefore, maximum of 12 points on offer. We'd ended up with a seven-point lead over Man United. If we beat Arsenal and Man United were to lose the next game, then we would be 10 points clear with only nine games to go, therefore would be champions. However, we had to actually beat Arsenal and we needed Man City to lose. With City, um, Man United, sorry, to lose, they were hosting Manchester City. So City certainly had the potential, but the relative form of the two teams, you had to bank on United winning. We ended up losing for the second time that season uh, to Arsenal. We actually created a lot more chances and we even had a penalty saved, but it didn't matter. We ended up losing and Man United ended up winning. Of course they did. So the gap was now down to just four points uh, with three games to go. So we now had two games that would come to define the season. The second leg of the Champions League semi-final against Liverpool. Uh, Leeds had reached the semi-finals of the Champions League before I'd never gone beyond that stage, whereas Liverpool, of course, both in real life and in the game, had a rich European history. In the end, it was frustrating and greatly annoying, but I think their experience won out. We ended up losing 2-0. We had a very late goal disallowed, a goal which actually would have put us through to the final, but it wasn't to be. Uh, I felt that we'd actually 
bored it somewhat in, in losing the way we did. And, and that's that our Champions League campaign had fallen at the penultimate hurdle. Nonetheless, if you told me at the start of the season that this team, which had virtually no prior experience of European football, would reach the semi-finals of arguably the biggest club competition in the world, I would have laughed. In many respects, I had to be proud of what they'd done. As I said, semi-finalists. And, and the club had been out of Europe for so long that it was almost like maybe starting again afresh. So they'd done themselves proud. I'd asked them to give a good account of themselves. Semi-finals were beyond what I could have expected. We'd beaten some good teams along the way, and in the end we'd lost to, certainly in game terms, one of the most successful teams in, in recent Champions League history. So there could be no disgrace in that. There was no dishonour in that, as far as I was concerned. But we had to get that defeat out of our system and quickly. We'd actually now lost our last two games, uh, Arsenal, of course, in the Premier League and Liverpool uh, in Europe. Uh, and now was the time to step up, as it were. We would be playing Manchester United and they would be coming to Ellen Road. They'd played a game more than us. So they had two games to go. We had three games to go. Uh, we they were a point behind us. So if we were to win, we'd be four points clear of them. They'd only have three points available. A win would actually deliver us the title. Now, we'd clinched the title at home against Man United last season, being in the very final game of the season that year. Uh, this occasion, of course, a few more games to go, but still late in the day, uh, as it were. And an opportunity two years in a row to secure the title at Ellen Road against Man United. How amazing would that be? But the question, of course, was, could we do it? Could we actually do it? Our previous game against United had been, uh, I think it was one of just two defeats we'd suffered all season. So United had the potential to beat us. We couldn't be blind to that. And a lot of our previous games against United had ended up being very close-fought matches. So I had to be prepared for, for a nervous encounter. If they beat us then in theory, we could still win the title if we won our remaining games, but it would suddenly put things on a knife edge. Uh, it wasn't something I really wanted to have happen. If we could secure the title here and now, that would be brilliant. Well, we got an early penalty and Almada converted it before Sefi and Kadis poked home on the half-hour mark. And then right on the stroke of half-time, Adam Williams was played through by Kenny Martin, no less, to slot home and give us a commanding 3-0 lead at half-time, which was fantastic. It wasn't over, of course, 3-0 up against Man United at half-time. Doesn't mean anything. I know of teams that have bowled that before, and it wasn't, it wasn't something to perhaps assume anything with. It was great to have the advantage, but this was Man United, and they often, annoyingly, don't know when they're beaten. However... Uh, early on in the second half, uh, on the hour mark, Almada scored again from the penalty spot. Suddenly we're 4 nil up with only half an hour to play. But then Marcus Rashford pulled one back almost instantly. And I was wondering, United couldn't, could they? They couldn't fight back from 4 nil down with half an hour to go. They couldn't. And they didn't. Williams, on 64 minutes, scored a fifth goal to give us a magnificent comfortable victory United had no response to that we had been absolutely determined uh, we've been ruthless and 
United wilted in, in the face of what we delivered. We had won 5-1 at Ellen Road against Man United to secure our second consecutive Premier League title. And this had been beyond anything I could have possibly expected, but there we were. We were league champions again with odds of 25-1. to 1, Anyone that had been bold enough to put on a good bet was now going to get a good reward. Uh, and we'd done it with two games to spare. And we'd done it in a lot of style. Just two defeats at that point. Loads of goals. Loads of great results that I could look back upon. But we still had to finish the season. We still had two more games to go. And our last home game of the season was at home against Leeds. Uh, against Leeds? We are Leeds. It was at home against Southampton. Diaz, Amada and Mazzino gave us a routine 3-1 win. Uh, and we also secured Leeds' highest points total for a season of 95 points. Uh, whether that was top flight leagues or not, I don't know. But still, a nice little kind of team record there. And then we got on to our final game of the season, travelling all the way down to face Bournemouth on the south coast. Again, there was a bit of rotation, some younger players getting the opportunity to shine. Uh, Williams scored twice early on, but we were actually losing 3-2 at half-time. Uh, and Bournemouth were creating chances. They would create a lot more chances as well, but Williams would score twice more. Um, Almada would find the net. And Kenny Martin scored his first senior goal for Leeds United as we ended up winning 6-3 to cap off a great season with an exciting and eventful game where we ended up as the victors. So we'd somehow, we'd somehow done it. We had somehow become Premier League champions for the second season in a row. And I was amazed at how the team had done. It was completely, in my view, unexpected. Even, even as we kind of went on to do really, really well, uh, we had... I'd never really expected it because I don't know. I just although we'd won the title once, I had wondered if that had been our sort of like Leicester moment when Leicester had that amazing season in 2016. But somehow we had done it. Somehow we had managed to put together the most unlikely of back-to-back title successes. And I could only be very, very proud of the players. Williams had come in, scored loads of goals. Ramon had continued to score loads of goals. We had some good young players coming through the system. And the future looks pretty bright. But, of course, the next season was a world away as far as I was concerned. It was all about enjoying the success here and now. And just just basking in the glory, which is what you have to do. You have to take a tight bit of... Bleh. You have to speak properly and take a bit of time to bask in glory. Following on from the great start to the 28-29 season, because let's face it, it was a great start. There's no there's no way of getting around that. It was amazing, actually. We now had the first FA Cup fixture for Leeds of the season. I once again rotated the team for the visit of Stoke. And uh, I, I thought this was necessary to keep the team fresh. We ended up drawing two all, but 
as I said, I, I thought this was a necessary move. And also began to prune the squad. I had a number of players who could fulfill uh, like an attacking midfield sort of function. And because I, had, because I had a number of good players in that position, there were a number of players who were getting a look in. So players like uh, Hadji, Johansson, uh, I think Horsch as well, were were sold for pretty good sums of money, actually, must be said. And I decided to sign someone new to to keep some strength and depth there, which I'll come to in a second or two. But meanwhile, uh, having, having drawn in the FA Cup, I then went on for the preparations. Yeah. We'll start that again. I then prepared for the visit of Brighton to Ellen Road. Now, at the beginning of the season, we'd been somewhat fortunate to win that game. We'd come behind early on to a penalty. It took us a while to come back into it. Uh, actually, I'm describing the current game. <laughs> uh, for Ellen Road, you know, we, we were fortunate to beat them once again, having gone behind early to a penalty. And... It took us a while. Ramon equalised in the second half and then Sergio scored an injury time goal. We didn't really deserve to win, uh, but we won, which is the important thing, of course. Uh, and then, once again, my youth reserve team played in the FA Cup replay against Stoke. Lost 4-0. Oh, well, ho-hum. Uh, let's move on to another Premier League game and the, a trip this time to Newcastle where Ramon actually missed two penalties. We did end up winning 2-0, but nonetheless, it was like, oh, crikey, you know. Uh, for some reason, he just didn't have his shooting boots on when it came to the penalty spot. He did, however, score a penalty in the next game, my 400th game in management away against West Brom. A 4-1 victory came our way. As I say, Ramon scored from the penalty spot. Towers Magno scored a hat-trick, nice and comfortable, followed by a routine win uh, over Reading. Uh, at home not amazing although at this point I had to say that Williams was starting not to score goals for me for whatever reason he'd actually not scored for a while but he did however put the ball in the net at Anfield only for his goal to be disallowed we ended up drawing two all at Anfield but we twice fell behind we could have won the game but we spent too much time chasing it to actually look like we might win nonetheless a draw Anfield is nothing to be disappointed about. And then we followed it up with a victory over Fulham. A comfortable 3-0 win over Fulham. With Williams finally getting back onto the score sheet for the first time in a while. And we followed this up with a game against Spurs. In preparation for this game, with the transfer window due to wind down in Jan at the end of January, I managed to secure the signing of a player that my scouts believed would be a superstar one day uh, from Dutch side as a Turkish midfielder by the name of Sefian Kedas. I He's one of the game's kind of, shall we say, new gens, as it were. He appeared to be a very, very impressive attacking midfielder, able to play in the middle of the park and on either flank. And I think... He was worth every penny of the 80 million quid I paid for him, money which I'd made by selling quite a few other players. And I believe that he would give us some fresh, some freshness, so we say. Although he didn't play against Spurs because he got injured as soon as he arrived, albeit only for a few days. 
For January, I won the Manager of the Month Award in preparation for the Spurs game. Always quite nice. And we celebrated with an amazing win against Spurs. The scoreline did flatter us somewhat, I have to say. Uh, but it was a nice win for a number of reasons. Prior to the game, for whatever reason, the Spurs manager, Sergio Conicao, he decided that he would refer to my success thus far as being down to luck. And I called him jealous in response. We ended up winning 5-1. Although two of the goals came in injury time, uh, plus also uh, we didn't go through and up until the 85th minute. So it, to me, it looks like for whatever reason Spurs decided to switch off, especially in the final moments of the game. Williams scored twice. Uh, Howard, Bellis, Brewster and Armada added to that scoreline in a very comfortable looking win, a win that I felt we deserved. Uh, and the war of words between myself and Konakeo continued after the game uh, he continued to regard me as a lucky manager i continued to regard him as jealous oh well let's move on and we moved on after an international break to manchester city at the city of manchester stadium now i always get anxious about these games these are the big ones the games away to the likes of man city man united liverpool arsenal chelsea spurs so on they are Traditionally, the big games and they're traditionally the fixtures that you, unless you're a club of similar sort of size, you question your chances. They always make me, as I say, nervous. However, much like the home games against Man City quite recently, where we often ended up being very, very incisive on the counter-attack, we ended up being very, very incisive here. There was a six-minute spell of counter-attacking football where we were phenomenal. Williams got the opening goal, and then a horrible back pass from one of City's defenders to their keeper allowed Roman to pounce to score just two minutes later. And then a few minutes after that, Sturgeo scored via a free kick, having ended up with all the time in the world to put the ball into the back of the net. City pulled one back a short time later, but we held on and ended up with Ramon scoring another goal late on to give us a resounding and very comfortable 4-1 win. So we had now played City twice and beaten them twice. And I had to say that I was very impressed with both performances. In both games, we didn't really see much of the ball, but we didn't need it. We were defensively quite strong. And whenever we went forward, we did so with a kind of cutting edge. That I think at this point, City would have been begging to have. So another three points and at this point we find ourselves five points clear of Man United at the top of the table albeit with the important caveat that Man United had a game in hand on us. Hello my friends welcome back to me at Musings welcome back to another edition of my Football Manager series where I do a podcast to accompany my career on Football Manager 2021 going alongside of course the, the written version which you can see over on meerkatmusings.co.uk. So, last time around, we had done something pretty special. As manager of Leeds United, I had triumphed in the 27-28 Premier League season. I had won the Premier League, having secured it on the last day of the season after an amazing 4 all draw against Manchester United. And then, to put a lot of icing upon a very delicious cake, I had beaten Liverpool 4-1 in the FA Cup final. So Leeds had done the double. We had 
the, the giddy world, really, of Champions League football to look forward to as we moved into the 28-29 season. Uh, and here we go. New horizons, a new journey, this time with the, the expectation, I guess, of being champions and what that would mean going forward. Although, interestingly, when I had a, a meeting with the team uh, just prior to the pre-season starting, it was a bit weird. They actually felt that qualifying for the Champions League was a a lofty, ambitious plan. And a lot of the squad actually reacted badly to that idea. So, okay, fine. So, what do you say to that, really? The team that had just done the double didn't believe they could qualify for the Champions League two years in a row. Right, fine, fine. I was going to ignore that. I was going to focus on my own thing. And we duly did. Began, of course, to prepare for pre-season. I wanted to try and avoid spending too much money uh, early on. I didn't actually have a particularly big transfer budget on account of what we'd spent last season. So it was a case of having to be careful with the money uh, to a point, of course. Oh, by the way, just as a, a little aside here, my first team, Aldershot, they had won the League 2 playoffs to return to League 1. So I was quite pleased with that, of course. I'm always quite happy to watch my older clubs do well. Apart from maybe Crystal Palace, I was quite happy to see Aldershot do well. Funny enough, speaking of Crystal Palace, I actually had my eyes on one of their former players, a player that I'd actually sold to Spurs uh, as part of a kind of almost a petulant kind of, I don't know, how can I describe it? I'd sold him to Spurs at a point where I was really fed up with the awful way the Palace players were performing. And there was a slight measure of revenge, of pettiness, I guess, but I didn't really care. Uh, I sold Adam Williams, uh, a forward, attacking midfielder slash striker, uh, to Spurs. Williams at Palace was already developing into, in my view, a world-class player. He continued to do quite well at Spurs. And I had my eye on him. Young player, lots of time to continue to improve. And he was already, in my book at least, extremely talented so I wanted I wanted to bring him to to Palace to bolster my strike force and after a little bit of toing and throwing uh, I eventually did and uh, it cost me about 32 million but I had the money there to do it so I thought you know what we'll have him and we also looked at my under kind of like sort of 23 and under 18 under 19 teams I wanted to look at bringing some younger players to the fore, shall we say. I thought it was quite important. And uh, I also signed a Spurs player on loan, a striker by the name of Butters, who looked really, really good. But I ended up not actually playing him very much. More on that later. I got a new contract at Leeds. I've been earning 50 grand a week. Uh, if only there was a way to make that into real money. You know, to somehow put football manager cash into my real bank account. That'd be amazing. 50 grand a week. Yes, please. And they offered me 94000 a week. They were therefore virtually doubling my money. I actually did try my luck a little bit to see if they would offer me exactly double, but they said no. Okay, fine, fair enough. I'll take ninety-four grand a week. Uh, I think most people would probably be very, very happy with that, to be fair. 
Truth be told, if they'd remained at 50 grand a week, if that was real life, I'd be all over that like a rash. So 94 grand a week, happy days, contract extended, uh, and um, well, there we go. It was understandable, they wanted to keep me. I had delivered them Champions League football, I had delivered them a Premier League title and the FA Cup. So Leeds, as a club, had taken some enormous strides forward. And I was very, very pleased with this. We had some good results in friendlies, a couple of games in Singapore, one against Turf City, who we beat 15-0, and then a 13-0 win against Kembangan, and then a 5-1 win against Lille, who had actually beaten us in the Europa League 2 last season. Finally, we, well not finally actually, uh, next we lost 3-2 to Brighton in a testimonial game. Uh, lost 3-2. I'd experimented tactically with that. Uh, it didn't really pay off. And then back to normal, back to my normal kind of attacking style of play for a trip to Monaco and a 4-0 win before what I view as a friendly, although it's arguably not a friendly, a uh, charity shield, community shield game, sorry, I should say, against Man United, and a 2-2 draw with a penalty shootout, which we lost at the end. A little bit disappointing because we were 2-0 up and at one point cruising, but it seemed to be the recurring thing that games against Man United would end in a draw, and on this occasion we were the wrong side of a penalty shootout. But I wasn't too miserable with that because if it had been a league game, that would have been a point against Man United, which in my view wouldn't be a bad thing. But then on to the actual season itself. And first up, we were travelling all the way down to the south coast to play Brighton, who had, of course, beaten us in the testimonial game quite recently. And to make matters worse, from my point of view, uh, my first choice goalkeeper, Lijakovic, ended up being injured and was going to be ruled out for at least three weeks. My second choice keeper was a 17-year-old by the name of Samuel Aziz, born in Burnley and touted by the media as being the next Gordon Banks, which is high praise and a lot to live up to. Uh, he was expected to achieve great things, but what you don't usually do with goalkeepers is thrust them into the first team at 17. There aren't many players you do that for, and with goalkeepers you tend to want an astute, focused head on their shoulders. Goalkeepers in matches can end up with sometimes having nothing to do for quite a while, so they have to be able to maintain a level of self-discipline and sharpness. And at 17, let's face it, your mind can wander quite quickly and easily. So I had no choice. I had to stick Aziz into the fray from the off. I did try to grab another goalkeeper, but failed. But look at it this way. This is how opportunities are made in football. An injury, a suspension, something like that will allow a young player a chance to break into the first team. And from there, develop into something really, really special. All the top players that you see out there came through in some way, shape or form like that. Lionel Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo, Stephen Gerrard, Frank Lampard, Wayne Rooney. They all got their big moment because of something like that. Occasionally, some of them might have impressed really, really well in training because someone else has had a bad time. But often it's down to injuries and suspensions and, and things like that. Or they get a chance in a relatively low-key game, uh, like a kind of a competition that they're not really interested in, and they shine brightly in those games. So in the case of Aziz, 
He had his big moment because of injury to Lijakovic, uh, and he had a trial by fire. He made a number of saves, including saving a penalty within the first few minutes of the game. And we took a 2-1 win, thanks to goals from Adam Williams scoring on his Premier League debut, and Almada also scoring to get us off to a winning start. It wasn't an amazing performance. It was quite an even game, and I kind of felt that we snatched the win in somewhat undeserved fashion, but I didn't really care too much. We would have to improve against better teams, but before we could come across some of the true giants, and I don't mean this disrespectfully uh, to Newcastle here, we were hosting Newcastle. Ramon had been away on international duty. He returned to the first team, and I really hoped that him and Williams could be formidable for the club. Ramon scored uh, his, well, this is where things get interesting. The game told me, I'm sure it told me he scored his 50th goal for the club, but I'm sure it would tell me that again later on. Anyway, he scored what I believe to be his 50th goal for the club in a 1-0 win. We were actually all over Newcastle for pretty much the entire game. Our performance had improved considerably, but we ended up only winning 1-0. Still, clean sheet, that's always useful. And then we won 4-1 against newly promoted Reading. The first half, actually, we didn't play particularly well. And we actually went behind early in the second half. But I think conceding a goal stung the team into life. And it produced a much, much better performance. Ramon scored twice. William scored twice. And we took a very, very comfortable win ahead of our first Champions League game. Which was... Sorry, our first Champions League draw. Not the first game. Uh, We drew against... Napoli of Italy, French side Lyon, and Belgian outfit Club Bruges, which I thought was a winnable group uh, for Leeds. We'd avoided some of the really nasty groups. One group actually had PSG, Real Madrid, and Juventus uh, all sandwiched together. And then Bayern Munich, Arsenal, who were actually holders of the Champions League, and AC Milan all together or another. So we'd avoided some nasty groups. But any team in the Champions League has to be respected. Complacency is not rewarded in football. But before that, we had to play Fulham. Uh, We were travelling to London to face a team that, like Reading earlier on, had had a somewhat poor start to the season. Uh, And we ended up uh, actually naming an unchanged lineup, which I didn't usually do. Normally, I, I do rotate my teams quite a bit, but... I felt the team that had won at Reading was a very, very good side, and I decided uh, to, to start exactly the same lineup. Made sense in my view. But we were 2 0 down at half time, which I felt was terrible, and I told the team that they needed to actually respond. They owed the fans a performance, they had to show some desire in the second half, and they did. Ramon scored a hat trick, and Williams got an injury time winner. I think it was a 4 2, well, injury time say icing on the cake, to give us a 4-2 victory and keep our season getting off to the very best of starts. Lijakovic returned to my team for the visit of West Bromwich Albion uh, and we went into this game as well with three newly minted Brazilian internationals, uh, Towers Magno, Ramon and defender uh, Mazzinho had all been given their first international caps uh, and because they'd been in international action, Ramon was actually rested. Ultimately, we uh, we didn't miss him. We ended up winning 4 0 with goals from Taos Magno, midfielders Diaz and Nico, and Williams. 
we were helped because uh, I think we were, we were doing well, but we weren't kind of taking the game by the scruff of the neck until West Brom went down to 10 men with one of their players performing a wild two-footed lunge, which Reeks asks for a red card in, in modern football, it really does. And after that, we were able to kind of take control and win easily before our next big, big game, which was the return of Leeds United to the Champions League, our first dinner at the top table of European football. The last time Leeds had competed in the Champions League had been in the 2000 and 2001 season. So we're talking a very long time in game terms. Um, coming up on 30 years, which is crazy, but there you go. We were hosting Club Bruges and the team gave as complete a performance as I had seen them. Williams scored a hat-trick, Ramon scored twice, and I brought on Taos Magno as a substitute when Diaz got hurt, uh, and he scored twice from the right, right wing as well. Muchanga didn't score, but he got man of the match for providing three assists, as well as creating a host of chances with a string of brilliant football up and down that left flank. So, yeah, brilliant, terrific, great. 7-0 win in your first Champions League match. What can you say to that? We had to bring ourselves back down to earth quickly because we were then hosting Liverpool in the Premier League. Liverpool, at one point, I had thought we were going to run away with the league title last season. And I thought that even as Leeds moved into uh, the driver's seat, that Liverpool would be our chief rivals. But they really kind of fell off the earth a little bit in the league. And of course, we thrashed them in the FA Cup final. Nonetheless, it would be very unwise to underestimate them. They'd actually re-signed Raheem Sterling at this point. Uh, and they had, as usual, a terrific strong team. So always, always, I felt that games against the likes of Liverpool would provide us with an immense challenge. However, incredibly, we were thrilled up at half-time. And Williams doubled his personal tally right after half-time. But then I think the problem was we began as a team to tire somewhat. Liverpool crept back into the game and the game finished 4-3 in, in favour of Leeds. Uh, but the problem was we'd allowed Liverpool to sniff and they'd ran with it and they very nearly snatched a point from us in a very kind of Jekyll and Hyde performance. And I made it clear to the players we couldn't really tolerate that. Next up was a game against Aston Villa in the Carabao Cup. We went 2-0 down early on, drew 2-2 and lost on penalties. But I didn't mind because I fielded a team of like sort of reserve and youth players to give them an opportunity and we didn't disgrace ourselves against Villa. But I'd rested players for the trip to Spurs, which I felt was important. Here, uh, my midfielder, Hulge, I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, he scored twice, and Erwin, my talented Scottish midfielder, also scored as we won 3-0, although we did lose Williams to a twisted ankle for a few weeks. But nonetheless, seven league games played, seven wins. Not going to argue. We then hosted Napoli in the next round of the Champions League, the second game of the group stage. Napoli were the team I regarded as being the toughest opponents, and they actually took the lead midway in the first half, but by the end of the first half, we had actually 
ended up taking a 3-1 lead. Uh, with Magno, Diaz and Harwood Bellis, one of my central defenders, all scoring. And Ramon scoring late on to complete a 4-1 victory. Ahead of uh, another league game at home, this time in the Premier League against Manchester City. Now, this game followed a pattern very similar to the home game against Man City last season. Last season, we'd won quite comfortably, but we'd been without the ball most of the time, and this occasion it was the same thing. We only had 39% possession, but we were ruthless and cutting and incisive with a counter-attacking play, and defensively very, very resilient. Every time we went forward, we looked like scoring, and we ended up winning 4-1. Ramon scored all four goals in a brilliant showing and we just cut through Man City's defence every time it went forward. From there we travelled to Leicester who had been struggling quite a bit actually. A bit surprising given the number of strong seasons they'd had uh, but they were now really really struggling. However there were two things with this I didn't like. Number one games against teams which are struggling they always seem to backfire on me and number two this was just after the international break, where my team always seemed to re-enter regular bread and butter work on the wrong foot. So from my point of view, this could be a double whammy. But we ended up winning 2-0. Uh, Ramon and Mazzinho scoring his first ever goal for Leeds to give us our ninth consecutive league victory, which was a fantastic start to the season when he wants pick, of course. From there, back to the Champions League, a trip to France to play Lyon, and we won 2-0 once again. We should have won more convincingly, but we did all right there. And I actually rested some players once again here. Ramon and central defender Sergio were somewhat jaded. Uh, so I started one of my youngsters, Wes Neal, in defence. And uh, I gave Brewster an opportunity to play, despite the fact I was actually half considering selling him. Uh, and he also scored to give us a nice 2-0 victory. So now we've won all three of our Champions League matches so far, before going back to the Premier League, where we played Burnley. Unfortunately, for the first time of in the season, we did not win. Uh, Ramon and Taos Magno, normally both very, very good in front of goal, just could not score. We took the lead, thanks to Nico, but Burnley did snatch a goal and we ended up drawing. So for the first time in the season, we hadn't won in the league. But we couldn't really dwell on that too much. We had to get back into action against West Ham uh, a week later in the Premier League. Williams came back and we ended up winning 4-0. Uh, Ramon, Williams and Holge all scoring before hosting Leon in the Champions League, where uh, defensive player, uh, fullback Sykes, scored his first goal for Leeds. Michanga scored a tap-in and Harwood Bellis nodded home from a free kick in a 3-0 victory that gave us progress through to the knockout stages of the Champions League with two group games to spare. Brilliant. This gave us another opportunity to perhaps experiment with the team, rest players, give some younger players some invaluable European experience. But we had to move on, of course, from the Champions League and we ended up playing Norwich, who were visiting Ellen Road. Struggling somewhat, it had to be said, and on this occasion I actually started Brewster again alongside his former Palace colleague Williams and my central midfielder, defensive midfielder, Kenny Martin, one of my youngsters, highly, highly rated, would also start, as would Wes Neal. So, alongside Sykes, who, who was already 
kind of thoroughly getting into the first team at that point, I had three youth players in my starting lineup, which I thought was quite nice. But things uh, did backfire uh, a little bit. We ended up drawing the game uh, with Neil being sent off and considering a penalty in the process. So perhaps experimentation like that wasn't particularly great. We went on to win 4-2 away against Southampton following the next international break, uh, although we could have played better, before playing Bruges again in the Champions League, where once again I took the decision to rest some players, and Brewster scored once again. Another young player of mine, Gibbons, an attacking midfielder slash striker, scored twice to win 3-0 in Belgium, and then we took a 1-0 away win against Aston Villa, with Mazzino scoring, in this being Premier League game, and then we were hosting Chelsea in the Premier League. This would be my 100th game in charge of Leeds, so a nice little milestone, and we marked it in absolutely superb fashion. Uh, really, something which I had not expected to see. We ended up beating a side often regarded as one of Leeds' main rivals in truly dominant fashion. 6-1 was the result, uh, Ruchenga getting on the score sheet, Ramon scoring twice, and Williams getting a hat-trick. It was a sensational performance, as, as amazing and as controlling and as dominant as Leeds have been for a while. I always associate Chelsea with being a tough match, although they were struggling somewhat at this point, and we piled on the misery for them with an amazing performance. Then we would host Arsenal. Uh, another, of course, quality team, third in the league, running champions of Europe. And a 2-2 draw here was probably a fair result. We'd gone behind, equalised, took the lead, and then Arsenal scored again. And it was a fair reflection of the performance. I, I felt the draw was, was, as I say, fair before we faced our final Champions League game. With the question being, would we top the group? We did top the group, despite losing to Napoli away from home 4-1. Uh, once again, I'd rested some key names. We topped the group on goal difference because I think largely of our performances against Bruges. And that was that. We would roll on to the knockout stages, having done very, very well in the group stages. From there, we travelled to Everton to face Everton. <laughs> and through one victory, Ramon with a brace and Machanga with another kept us moving in a good direction ahead of a trip to Old Trafford to face second place Manchester United who were keeping pace with us quite well uh, at that particular point. Virtually every game against Leeds at that point had been kind of end-to-end -end ending in, in a draw but this time it wasn't a draw it ended with Leeds first defeat of the season. We lost 3-2 we could have lost by a bigger margin to be fair we were outplayed, there was no denying that, but we had to kind of shake that off pretty quickly. We travelled to Bournemouth and eventually got a 2-0 victory, despite perhaps not being our most fluent. And we arrived at the halfway stage of the 28-29 season, second in the league, only one point behind Man United, and having topped our Champions League group very, very comfortably. So we were in a good place. We were absolutely uh, in a good place. There could be no complaints with how the season had gone so far. If anything, we were doing better than we'd done uh, last season in terms of points and performances. 
and which is the case now before we could sustain that we'd done so so well and I really hoped that we could push on in the second half of the season and do something similar do something great the question is would we